Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. It's that time of year again when everyone asks, what do I get my dad, husband, boyfriend, father, brother, basically any guy in my life for the holidays? Come on. You know we got the perfect gift. That's right. Our favorite pants, the perfect jean, are back to take the guesswork out of holiday gift shopping for the guy in your life. Oh, and not only do they have the most comfortable pants and shorts that won't crush a guy's jingle bells, now they've also got the perfect tee. That's right. They've created a t-shirt that takes the same stretch and quality used for their jeans, so a guy can now dress perfect from head to, well, ankle, because they don't make shoes. Mira. I've got the jeans, the shorts, the shirts. La verdad que it's probably the most comfortable outfit I've ever worn. And you know we like to give our listeners a little something-something. So use code PERO20 at theperfectgene.nyc to save 20% off your order. That's right. PERO20 gets you 20% off the jeans, the shorts, the shirts, todo. So this holiday your khakis and get the perfect gift from the perfect gene. And don't forget to use the code PEDAL20 for 20% off your order. Hey people, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And, and this, this is, is season, season four, four of Better Let Me Tell You. Oh, we're so cosmopolitan here. Or, eh, you don't get this reference. Wendy? Yes, Lisa. That's Prince. Is the water warm enough? Yes, Lisa. Shall we begin? That's from Purple Rain. I said Prince. Well, everybody, welcome to episode 185. (laughs) Wow. I was like, damn it, you really went all the way back. 185. 185. 185. How is everybody? Two more left for 2021. We do. We do. Wow. Crazy, huh? It's December. Jingle bells, jingle bells. No, yeah, I know they hit. St. Patrick's Day is already gone. Yeah, (laughs) St. Patrick's Day came and went. But I'm not wearing green. Yeah, it's Easter. Am I? No, I'm not wearing green. It's Easter. 
Oh, well, I like the Easter candy, so that's good. Oh, my God. It's like every year it's faster and faster, and I can't find a balsam fir tree. But anyway. Oh, that's why you don't have a, a tree up yet. No. But anyway, everybody, welcome to episode 185 <laughs> of Pero Let Me Tell You. How is everybody? How, how's our December going? I think everybody's December is it's off to a, a nice days, start. Up, but Just a few days into December. I mean, I think we know who's having the best December. Who? Miss Britney Spears. You know, she just turned 40, and she got to celebrate it without being in a conservatorship. Oh, I missed Instagram this week. <laughs> well, no, her birthday's December 1st. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah, so. Britney Spears turned 40. 40. It's funny because she's only two years younger than me, but I feel like she's younger, younger. Yeah. Right? It feels like she's younger. Right. It feels like her and like that whole crowd, Justin right. Timberlake, Christina Aguilera. If you had told me they were like 34, they're I believe much you. younger than us, and they're not. They're not. We're actually pretty much the same age. We're contemporaries, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We would have been on the Making Mouse Club with them. Damn it. If only I had talent. If But you did try out for a boy for O-Town. I did try out for O-Town. Which is more than most people would have. That's true. And I kind of found out Destiny's Child was breaking up before anybody else did as a result of that. Why? I forget. <laughs> because they were holding auditions for, for the, the Destiny's Child replacements that same weekend. Oh, is this before the same members of Destiny's yes. Child yes. <laughs> found out? <laughs> yes. Before. Well, it was uh, uh, LaToya, LaToya and, and Latavia. Yep. Yep, torn in between the two. That's they were doing they were doing auditions for for O Town, and there was also girl girl group auditions. But the rumor when we were there was that like, oh yeah, no, no, it's for Destiny's Child. Like they're gonna. They're, I think. Did you like Destiny's Child? I don't. Rem- you know, it's funny. I don't remember if you did or didn't. I don't anything against Destiny's Child. I I don't, I wouldn't consider myself like a huge mega fan, but like I, so, I, I like their bops. I have to tell you, <laughs> the first time I ever saw. Destiny's Child, a video of theirs, uh-huh. was No, 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 Part 1. And you were in. I immediately fell in love with Beyonce. You like, were in. I was in. I was in all the way. And there was just something about Beyonce. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, I, I also thought that Latoya La, La was really pretty <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, They're all pretty girls. But there was something about Beyonce. And then when No, 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 Part 2 came out, mm-hmm. remember that one? Yes. Boy, that- you see me, I could see you and you're at That one? That video, it's just Beyonce. It's just you. You knew she. It's funny because they were all talented and they were all pretty, but there was just something. And I wouldn't say in the Beyonce. first couple of videos that they were that they were focusing on Beyonce either. Beyonce, so, to your, but to your point, like she had an it factor. Beyonce always had a little more attention, even in the very very early videos than the other ones did. But I mean, even if she wouldn't have, it was just. I, I'm telling you, the first. I'll never forget that. Because Beyonce is actually 41. Okay. Right? And no, Beyonce's 42. Nine. I'm thinking of B-Day. No. Nine. <laughs> one. B-Day. Like, whatever. She's uh-huh. 40. Okay. So, again. Contemporary. We, we were like one or two years older than her. Mm-hmm. And I remember when the Destiny's Child first album came out, the CD was enhanced. Remember enhanced CDs? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you could pop it into your computer to see the video, and, ladies and, and gentlemen. And it had like a little um, interview of Destiny's Child like where Beyonce said that she had just turned 16. And I was like already like 18. Wow. And I was like, wow, like this would be illegal. Like, you know. Um, I like that that was your first thought. But, but you know, whatever. I'm like, oh my God. But she was such a like, you know, mojerona. She was right? very mature. And I was like, you're 16, you know. Um, 
But yeah, oh, enhanced CDs. I hadn't thought about that in forever. Uh, you know what was annoying about enhanced CDs? That it would take forever to load? To yes. Load. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you put it in your computer. It was like, I don't <sighs> want to watch the extra videos. Just, I, I, you, yeah, that just, damn real player. Yes. Uh, oh, real player. <laughs> oh, my God. Real. I hadn't thought about real player in forever. Yep. Real player, babe. Yep. Yep. <laughs> wow. That was our MP3 player. No, not even. It was for, for, for quick times and videos and all that, yeah. Real player going, yo. See, I can, I can pull it out from the Wayback Machine, too, sometimes. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget that the Backstreet Boys CD was enhanced as well. Like, I'm thinking of all of my enhanced CDs. Destiny by Gloria Stefan was also enhanced. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was. <laughs> None of Mariah's CDs were enhanced. No? No. No. Because I feel that enhanced CDs had a very small window. Like if you didn't release it within like that one year, yes, it, it you was, weren't going to get an enhanced. You were either CD. too early or too late. Like, right, right, right. I feel it was like you may have gotten an enhanced single. Yeah, but not CD, not CD. No, no. But that's what I'm saying, like, yeah, not the album, but like, because yeah. sometimes the single you know would come with the of? video. You know, what I just thought of this is a pretty good. Now that we're thinking about like '90s pop, yes, yeah, late '90s pop, how. When Britney Spears' album came out, Baby One More Time, yeah. I hated the cover so much that I was I had a trip planned to Europe. I'm like, no shit. I'm buying the international version of the this. The Australian one, I think it was, right? No, I have the European one, which yeah. is her. like With the prayer hands? Yes, that yeah. she looks really pretty in. Because yeah. I was like, I don't want that other shit. Like, it's such a bad cover. Such a terrible. No, it's she, such a terrible ge- cover. Generally speaking, she doesn't have good album Wait, covers. It's such a terrible cover. But a better cover does exist, which is a your the international right, one. Right, right. It's not right? like well, that's it. Like right, that, right. This right, is right, what right. you get. Right. right. No, the other one was so much better, but yet we got, we got this, this one. But then again, the rest of the world got uh from um, I don't know how to live. Uh, Born, Born to, to make, make you happy. happy as a single, and we got from the bottom from of a broken heart. heart. Anyway, I mean, you know, she looks nice, autumnally, but you know. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't look cute on a, on a rope swing in a bucket hat? But that song sucks. Not a good song. Especially compared to the other one that was so good. It's also why it was the last single. <laughs> they were That was when you had to release, like, you know, if you had a successful album, you had to do at least four singles. Right. So they were like, you know what, fuck it. Just, fine, here's a ballad. Yeah, here's a ballad. Here's Here a ballad, fine. Yeah. Okay, bueno. If you're in Miami this weekend. This is true. If you're in Miami this weekend or. This week, really. This week or, bueno, it's an international thing now. That's true. Well, Art, listeners in Art Italy. Basil. Basil. Yes, yeah, not basil, people. Art Basil it's, is in town. It's not a spice. So, I have... How do, how do you feel about... I have mixed feelings about Basil about and basil. Miami Art Week. So, when... when You know, the years that I lived downtown... Mm-hmm. Um, what great years were those? Um, you know, how I miss living downtown. Anyway, I remember... That the f- when did our Basel actually start? I want to say the eighties. The eighties. It wasn't really? as big of an international thing as it is okay, now. Because but, I remember, yes. I remember the first year that I, think. I went to our Basel was twenty twelve. So it would, it's going to be it's going to be tw- uh, ten years next year. And I remember it was big, but it was nowhere near. No, what it is now? now. No, no, no that, it, it is a thing that now. I remember that you can go and go to the you know galleries and the tents. Yes. And just call it a day. It wasn't like this huge, like... Event. Come me a right? <laughs> so, 
I have mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, you know, it is an international, sh- you know, show or expo. Art Basel actually, it says here it started in 1970. Oh, okay. Well, no, but it wasn't big. No, 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 no. Again, when it started is one thing and when because, it became... I mean, I don't want to say that you and I have been masters of the pulse of Miami, but you know... <laughs> But you know we we've always known kind of what's that's going to be our next shirt. What? Just a picture of you and me. It says "Masters of the Pulse of Miami." You know, Miami. we knew about Santa's Enchanted Forest, y La Feria, right? Y Calle Ocho, Ocho. You know, right, right. So we would hear things, right? But right. Art Basel in the '90s, like we didn't. No, that wasn't a thing, right? So, so on the one hand, I appreciate the international exposure that it gives Miami right. because Miami is an international right. city and it's art um, and it is art. Which, at the end of the day, it's I, culture. I mean, or, it's culture, right. and we appreciate art. Right. But on the other hand, I think that Art Basel <laughs> has become this kind of now ridiculous, over the top thing. You know that whole banana thing. There is no. You know, I have a very open mind. I have a, <laughs> I have a very open mind. You know, that's something that I pride myself right. on is having an open mind. There's nobody that's going to convince me that the banana to the wall with uh, the duct, duct tape, tape is not only art but that it's sold for millions of dollars yes yeah so i i just think that the pomp and circumstance be and now i feel that it's one of these things that locals just don't go in. i haven't gone in years the i went last, for several years the last time i went to anything art basily was actually the year that uh well, melissa came down right that you went to like 20 expositions and like, because we had tickets for free things and then we just right. walked around winwood and, and but but we did that we just popped in popped out popped in popped right. out and you I, know. I i stopped going for that same reason because now there's such a pump in circumstance and the tickets and the this but and I the traffic and the but, cr- it's, but it's almost like anything you know it, it, this is why we can't have nice things in miami right because if you really stop and think about at the end of the day and you know what art has its art has its pendulum right on the one hand you have like i'm bohemian and you know i'm artsy blah 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 and then you've got on the other the side you know the people who are like oh muffy the art is delightful right i believe basil started in the former and Uh it's become the latter and what that means is that in this delightfully shallow city that we live in that likes to it has now turned into like what most things in miami turn into Oh, did you go? Are you VIP? Are you getting in? There's a Louis Vuitton. Oh, did you get the the you know the tickets? Oh, but you only got the general admission. Oh, but I'm gonna. It's become that bullshit. We look down at general admission. I mean, yeah, it's that bullshit thing, right? Where it's it's and there's still I, I will say there are still pockets, you know, like in Wynwood where you'll have a local gallery that will just show some local artists and you know just have a fun time with it and really embrace the the spirit of what it initially was about. But it's become a comedia of Miami. Yeah. You know, where it's like, oh, I'm you, not interested in going. Oh, are you going to this party? Are you going to this thing? And most of the time, it's not even exhibits. It's all the parties that are around Art Basel. Mm. Take a look. The average Insta posts, okay, on social media, all these people and I who are, will hashtag, you know, Art Basel or Basling or whatever, I will say seven out of 10, the picture is not at an exhibition. It is not at a gallery. It's it not is, having it is, to do with art. It is at a party. Right. It's at a party being hosted in honor of Art Basel. Right. Because we can't have nice things. Yeah, no, I, I'm like, I, I have no interest in it whatsoever. And, and I do enjoy and art. I love that shit. And I, I do love. enjoy art. I, you know, we used to go back, I mean, it, it seems like an eternity now, but in, in you know, the first half of, the first, the aughts, <laughs> you know, when we would go to Wynwood yeah. for gallery hopping. 
Do you remember the gallery hops in the gables? Yeah. There's no galleries in the gables anymore. Because they're... They're just closed. There's just no galleries. Right. So they don't do the gallery hop anymore. I didn't realize they don't have gallery hops in the gables anymore. No. They used to have it the first Friday of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Doesn't exist anymore. Because there's just no galleries there. No, no but even in Wynwood, like that you would right. go and you would gallery yeah, yeah. hop I think and that you was have like, the wine and cheese. That was in the design district before yes. it became commercial. Yes. Now the design district is just Gucci, Louis Vuitton, right. Fendi, like all the high-end right. and stores. that big circle thing. Yeah. That, you, know. That, that, you know what? Let's not talk about because that, that area makes me upset. Right. So like I remember we used to go there and we used to spend like, it was a great Like great two hours way, minimum. Great way to spend like a, an evening. Yeah, it was a right? Saturday night. And it was very unique because it was very Miami. And then, you know, Wynwood already had that Wynwood kind of vibe and flair. It already being bohemian But it wasn't like overly commercial. And again, we're not people that were like, oh, commercial. Yeah, like, we're not. We're, yeah. we're not those people. No. But there's a balance. Right. Right. Um, and does do they even have gallery hopping in Wynwood anymore? I know they don't have it in the design district because there's no galleries there anymore. In There's Wynwood, the Gucci gallery. There's the Gucci galleries, and the yes. Gallery. And the Prada galleries. Um, I think in Wynwood, I believe there are some galleries whether they do gallery hops i don't know i couldn't tell you right because i think that winwood now the reason why winwood became the winwood we know now it's because that's where all these artists went right. to to rent space that was cheap they made it you know art, yeah. obviously artistic art. the murals you know it was very like off the beaten path yeah and that's what made Winwood Winwood. And, and then, you know, no. then rent goes up. Exactly. And then, and you know, I'm not one of these people who starts to talk about gentrification, but that's what it is. But it is gentrification. But that's what it is. And, you know, gentrification is one of these things that, like, on the one hand, there's many good attributes to it. Right. But on the other hand, there's a lot of negative yeah. attributes yeah. to it as well. Well, not attributes. Negative, you know, implications, implications of, yeah. on it as well. Because look at what happened to Winwood. Like, I, I mean... Oh yeah, have you seen when have you been to Winwood recently-ish? Yeah, I love Winwood. It's I love going there. It's fun. It's nice. You can still park and walk around. But yeah, Winwood is not it's, uh, No, it's it, different. It's not the same. It's, it's different. not the same. I know we sound like like we're 90 years old, but it's not the same Winwood. I still love Morgan's though. Oh, it's so good. I feel like Morgan's is still in like the edge of Winwood where it hasn't completely changed yet. Yeah. And I like um Grams. Oh, I love going to Gramps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but even there, like, you'll find, like, stores that it's like, why is this in Wynwood? And then it's like, oh, yeah, that's right, because it's Wynwood. Well, the, the Shinola store. The Shinola store closed. Okay, but it was in Wynwood. Yeah. And and to me, I know this is going to sound really like, ugh, that person. <laughs> to me, seeing a Ferrari in or a Lamborghini in Wynwood it's sort weird. of is... It's sort of a contradiction. It's not right. This is not what this started off. Yeah, no. As. There should be like a 1970 VW bug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, yeah, I, 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 no, I don't want to see yeah. the latest. There sports is car. a place for that. Yes, that's there's called, many places that is, for that. That's called the rest of Miami. That's called Brickle. <laughs> yes, you okay. know, or Miami Beach, which is not that far. Right. Um. But yeah, I, I, I I've told you, I, I love art from a very, very young age. I, I. I I used to love, especially when, you know, remember I, we used to go to New York every year growing up. Yeah. And from a very young age, like 12, 13, we used to go to the Met. And I loved going to the Met. Like, I, I remember the very first time I saw A Persistence of the Memory by Dali. Because yeah. I think it was in like 92, 93. I, I was really, really young. Um, 
that the Met was having an exposition yeah. of, of Dali. And, you know, I feel that Dali is one of these people that when you first see his art, you either get it or you don't get it. Yeah, it's going to, but it's going to make an impression more than the you, other. Exactly. Yeah. Like it makes an impression on you and yeah. it did. And you know, I love Dali. I have books of him and everything. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I love that stuff, but this all other pump and circumstance, like, you know who I actually, this may be very controversial what I'm about to say, who I lost a lot of respect for a few years back was uh, Banksy. Really? How come? Because I kind of liked what he was doing of like that nobody knew who he was and it was like... Right. This we still don't of, know who he is, right? N- yes and no. Like, I think the identity is not known, but within the art world, he has to be known by some people because, you know... How else is he selling? Right. Right. Who do they make a check out to? <laughs> yeah, they have to right? make a check to somebody. You know, I kind of like the concept that he would go and, you know... Make a mural. Make a mural and it was sort of like... It wasn't graffiti, but it was like graffiti. It was guerrilla art. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I thought it was pretty, like the little girl with the balloons. Yeah. But I sort of lost a lot of respect for him in that whole thing of the of the image of the, the one painting. That, the one that shredded? That shredded itself. Because that was... That was a ploy that was done on purpose and that was done for the purpose of knowing that it was going to be sold, you know, right. 20 times, you know, yeah, yeah, more, uh, yeah. more. And it's like, oh, I feel that's so not what he was about. Yeah, I think there, I think there's that that's fair, but I think. I don't know. Our art artists in general, I think, are very, very difficult to understand as a rule. Um, I, I didn't like that. I, I, didn't. I didn't like that either. I thought it was. I, I was. I was like, you know what? It's okay. It was very mierda. gimmicky. Gana mierda, yeah. But I don't know. Like, I, I, I actually think about a lot. Um, you know, a friend of the podcast, Vic Garcia. Oh my God, Vic is awesome. And I think you know what I, I always think about Vic. What Vic was a very last interview we did before coronavirus. Coño, that, that's true. That's true. He was. The very last. He was like the last in-person interview we had for a while. That's true. And he was so great when we went to his house and all that. But he's the type of person who like, you know, he, and this is why I say like, I'm a little torn in the sense of what you're saying about Banksy. Like he sells his art, you know, he makes a living off of it. He, he that's his job, right? That's what he does. But when he talks to you about his work, there is still just a passion there. And when he posts about, you know, when he's creating something, like, it, it just, it, it's so genuine. The way that he speaks, you know, about the, and was the, the characters that he creates, like, the way, he, when he starts talking about them, how they, like, inhabit a world and they're friends. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, I do. I believe it. Because right, but, but, I, but, 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 that's but, what I'm saying. It's, it, it, but many times are, the issue is not so much the artist, it's the people. You know, okay, that, okay. that it's like, this craziness. I mean, obviously the, the, the artist is there to make money and that is their living and their livelihood. Right. And of course, right. you know, make as much money right. as you can, but like the people, like, for example, I like burrito, but I mean, are you going to stand in front of a burrito and be like, Oh my God, look at the, so much just, depth, the depth and the juxtaposition. It's like, right. no burritos art is, it's, lo- cute. it's cute. It's bright. And that's what it's supposed it's- to be. It'll make you feel happy. Right. It's not the type of painting you stand in front of and go, it's very je ne sais quoi. You know? <laughs> it's burrito. Yeah. And and I have a burrito. Like, I love burrito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right? either like it or you don't because either you find it makes you happy or it doesn't. And right. you move on. Yeah. And, but that whole, like, again, pomp and circumstance. The people that, you know, with certain paintings and certain pieces of art that I'm like, it's not that deep, people. Like, really. Really. Like, it's, it's not. Like, I promise. It's not that deep. But, you know. I like Monet. 
because it's just it, oh my god and i'm thinking of clueless why because there's um i love monet actually no the the line in clueless is um she's a, what do you think of fulana and like oh she's a total monet and they're like what do you mean it's like she looks good from far but up close she's just a big old right. mess right yeah and monet yeah i do i like monet i like the cafe uh the parisian cafe i like you know the sunflowers i think they're it's pretty yeah my favorite pretty. my favorite is Liechtenstein and warhol but i'm a pop art boy okay i get Liechtenstein, who's constantly looking for brad <laughs> like i like that exhibit that we saw yeah the one in, in chicago in chicago i liked it andy i'm sorry andy i don't totally get but i like andy for the same reason that i like brito there's just something about looking at it and his use of colors that just it, it makes me happy yeah, I mean, I guess obviously the thing with Andy is um, Andy's art was the point of the art, right? But but I guess it's it's what you always say that what is art, right? Well, it's also time and place because right. Andy Warhol, looking back now, it's very easy to be like, oh, whatever. He did a soup can. There's a banana with duct tape, right? But really, that banana on with duct tape owes its existence because of the soup can, right? That's a, that's a good argument, you know. Wow, we're having such intellectual conversations I here. Know, on Pero but let me tell you. Yeah. You know, before we go on to another topic, there's something that came out last week that I thought when I saw Twitter, I shouldn't have oh God. been on Twitter. Why I have you ever listened to me? Okay. I'm on Twitter because since I sort of work in the political realm world now, if you're into politics, you have to <sighs> be know, on Twitter. sad, but true. You have to. I don't like Twitter. I don't really tweet much. What I do tweet is a lot of times retweets. I think it's vile. I think it brings out the worst in people. I, it's a cesspool I, of social media. It is awful. Just awful. But anyway, uh, I'm on Twitter the other day. Uh, Rolling Stone released their top 10 artists of all time. I'm all sorry, time? Billboard. Billboard. And I'm going to read them. Of all you. time. Of all time. Billboard. Okay. It's it's the people you think would be on there. Okay, so I'm okay. thinking should I should I start guessing while you pull up the list? So, um, so I'm guessing there's a Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, uh, Little Richard, Madonna, mm-hmm. Joni Mitchell because she's just always on every list. <laughs> no, um, Beyonce will probably be in there. Hold on, Jay Z. Okay, okay. I'm taking I'm taking stabs at this. Okay, like, so totally. Billboard released their okay. last week their greatest Hot 100 artists of all time, the top ten. Okay, greatest of all time. So is it? But then since it's Billboard, is this based on sales? Right. No, it's based on the Billboard chart. Okay. 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 Right. Got it. Okay. Right. So, so you know, obviously, it's based on the Billboard chart. So it's in a way based on popularity and sales. sales. And okay. Got it. Chart got positions it. and all that. So not necessarily artistic merit. Not necessarily. In terms of critical acclaim, no. Okay, okay. Right. So, number one. Okay, number one. Are we going to start 10? Yeah, start with 10, yeah. Number 10 was Michael Jackson. Okay. What people have to understand is that Michael Jackson, although as impactful as he was, Michael Jackson doesn't have that big of a catalog of music. Also... He's probably if they were to put, as a solo artist, right? If they were to put him right. with the Jackson Five, he'd right. probably be higher. Because Michael Jackson right. really solo albums, all he had was "Off the Wall," "Thriller," "Bad," and "Dangerous." That's four albums. Because the last one he released, um, what was it called? 
the dance. You rock my world, you yeah. know you did. Oh my god! And every I like that. Yeah, SME unforgettable, huh? unforgettable, whatever. Whatever. That had one hit. So you're really talking about the bulk of his is four albums. albums. Yeah. It was four albums. So it was number ten, Michael Jackson. Number nine, Janet Jackson. Okay. Number eight, Stevie Wonder. Ooh. Number wait. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six. Okay, Stevie Wonder. Then number five, Mariah Carey. Of okay. Uh, number four, Elton John. Okay. No number. No number four, Elvis Presley. I'm sorry. Number four, Elton John. Okay. Number three, Elton John. I'm sorry. Number two, Madonna, and number one, Beatles. Okay. Right. I'm so, sorry, Cher's not on there. So. You could swap some people in and out, one over the other. But I'm not but mad at that list. Pretty, I'm, I'm not, not mad, mad at, at this it. list yeah, either. Yeah. So you have to hear on Twitter the people talking about this list. But okay, but do they understand how this so, list was compiled? So, so because again, so it's based this, on sales. This was somebody's tweet. God, the Beatles is number one. Who likes the Beatles? How can anybody? I don't know anybody who's been influenced by the Beatles. Was this person nine? Another person, another person. Because you know I am not the biggest Beatles fan. What other person? Okay. Madonna. Why is Madonna on there? Like, who likes any Madonna song? And I'm like, okay. I always tell you this because I remember being much, much, much younger, right, like being right. a teenager. Right. Like, you know, me and my Right. We remember being my, of a certain age, my, right, right. You know, photographic memory. Yes. Like I remember things, I remember how I felt, I remember how I thought. I remember knowing of much older artists mm -hmm. and the impact that they had had, even if it wasn't the music that I was into, even if I didn't know their whole album. Yeah. Again, I knew, see Joni Mitchell. I knew about the Beatles. And, you know, as I've told you, my parents didn't even listen to the Beatles. So yes. I had to discover the Beatles on my own. You, at best, were going to know about Boney M. Right. <laughs> I knew about, obviously, about Elvis Presley. I knew about the Eagles. I knew about the Rolling Stones. Joplin. I knew about all these people, yeah, yeah, yeah. even though they weren't the music of my time, even though I probably didn't know most of their songs, but, but I knew. understood the impact of, of their the existence. impact that they had. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I also think it is? Because in the 80s and early 90s, we had a lot of, this is what I call. <laughs> Damn it, bring, bring back those now. That's what I call. Now that's what I call. You that's know. the problem. Right. We don't We're have like compilations the, anymore. The, the ultimate party album. <laughs> it's also because we don't have Columbia House anymore. Yeah, or Columbia. Maybe it was that hot. Because, you know, when it. you forget to tell them you don't want a CD and then it's like, well, now I have Linda Rodstadt. Yeah. Now I have the best of Leonard Skinner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whether I want it or not. Oh, well, gonna listen. I have it here, so <laughs> might as well, well put it yeah. on. Right? Right. <laughs> I think that maybe that's what it is. Right? That You know what? Your featured selection of the month. Right. Whether you wanted it or not. Right. Yeah. So, that was my, that's my whole thing on these, like, Twitter comments. It's like, okay. Well, number one, they, they're not taking it into account this is that, they see. that this is based on sales of all time. So, right. obviously, somebody okay. who's been around they for see, five years. They see, like... Who likes the Beatles? Like, right. who's, been, who's, influenced, who's by, been influenced by the Beatles? Well, pretty much all of pop music is what it all is. All you have to do is because watch of the Beatles, the Grammys. Every damn acceptance speech is pretty much like, you know, when I was sitting in my room listening to the Beatles, you know, John Lennon, you know, right. it's like, what is wrong with you people? Right. Imagine is the greatest song ever in the Ugh. history of you know. So people, young people or younger people, <laughs> learn your music history. Yes. Well, while you're at it, just learn all history. Well, yes, <laughs> that is true. That is true. But learn your music history. <laughs> so I was watching actually something on um, 
CBS Sunday Morning. Oh, well, it's been a while since you've mentioned them. I know. Ay, el solecito. I know. And I thought it was very interesting. Um, they had the in, they had an um, author who had um, written a song, a song, written a book called Fault Lines. Okay. And like the, like book, the earthquake. No. Fault Lines? Well, it's called Fault Line. No, no, but I'm saying that like Fault Lines like in an earthquake. Yes, but okay. it's not about earthquakes. Well, I know it's not about earthquakes, but. It's called uh, Fault Lines, Fractured Families and How to Mend Them. And huh. basically it was the book um, really goes into people that like really never talk to family members again. Hmm. They have fights with them. Um, or disagreements with them, and they never talk to them again. So family like, estrangement. Yes, the complete family estrangement. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they they looked at they had all these cases of people. Like they had this woman that when she was in her early twenties, she got pregnant, and her mom never spoke to her again. Never ever spoke to her again. Wow. Um, and then you name it, another lady that she wasn't happy with who her daughter got married with. And again, they eventually reconciled, but after like 40 years, like Jesus, all this type of stuff. And do you know what I was thinking when all this was going on? If they're all white. Yes. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, I'm sure that this does happen in Hispanic families. In, in, in all cultures. It, it, right, it, it right. happens, you know, um, especially Hispanic families. You know, we could be so close-minded, especially about things with sexuality and stuff like that. Right. Um, we're still very close-minded. Um, but on the most part, Right. I'm like, this I don't think happens as much in his in Latin families. It's interesting because I think that in Latin families, as much as we don't talk about certain things, right? Like there's certain taboo subjects or whatever. By the same token, there's not that waspnish wasp waspishness or whatever. Uh-huh. Where we may not talk about something, but eventually we may just blow up. I think and I, have it out. I think Hispanic families have the initial like apocalyptic right. blowout. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like you may not do it initially, but when it comes, right. it comes and you that don't... many times it's both verbal and physical. <laughs> you know say la piñacera, you know. Minimum something's flying across the room. Right. And then the dust settles and then it's not that they accept it, but they're like, you know, you're my son, you're my daughter. Right. I'm not going to be estranged from you. Right, right. Even yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm not happy with. I may not agree with your choices. Your choices or what you've done with your life, and you know I'm going to give you the side eye but forever. I'm here. But I will be here if yes, you need me, especially yeah. when there's kids involved. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because I know from people that I know that there was a lot of issues that the moment that kids were involved changes everything. It's not that the issues went away. Don't exist, right. but for the sake of the kids, you it sort of refocuses things, right? And that's what I kept thinking about this. I'm like. Do we know or <laughs> like I would love to do like a study like about that based you on know? well did they show the families that they spoke to or no all the families were white okay the ones, that, the ones, the ones that, that, right, right, CBS Sunday right. morning all the ones that they were like oh you know this were white okay but I'm like I'm I like I wonder in like and even like black families mm-hmm. because I think that black families are more similar to Hispanic families yeah, yeah. in that sense that there's a very big sense of family and like the grandparents and all that and, you yeah. know through thick and thin but you know I. I was like, I, I don't want to say it's a white issue because again, there is estrangement in Hispanic families. You know, like it happens across the when board. it when it sings yeah when you're talking about like sexual abuse, si, or bueno. stuff like that. Right. Yeah, that's a different. That's lane. a different level. Yeah, but under that, right. <laughs> before we get to that, before extreme, we get to that, yeah. you know, 
I know. Like, I think that we just... You may fight like I, I'm. I mean, within my family, like there's been you know amongst my my aunts and uncles, like there's been you know they don't talk for a couple of years, but then you know they make up. Like right, it's but, but but here but you know okay but but, here's, but here's, they don't but they don't stop going to family events where the other well, one is. That's what I was about to say. Right, exactly. That's what right, I was about right. to say because I feel that like with these family estrangements, it's really like you are dead to me. Right, you're not. Like, I'm not showing up anywhere. I don't yeah. know if you're alive. I don't know if you're dead. Right, I don't know if you got right, married. Right. I don't know where you live. I don't know where you live. Yeah, that's weird. Right, that's weird. Because even with like with his again. Like you said, in your family and in my family, right. There have been issues where people have like maybe temporarily stopped talking to each other. There's been conflict. Pero right. siempre está like, oye, como anda fulano? To like a third person. Exactly. Like, ah, está bien. Okay. No, or, or un velorio. Un velorio is a family reunion. Velorios, nochebuenas, like. Ay, viste que llego Mirta. Que vieja está Mirta, you know? And because you and Mirta had a fight 20 years ago, right? Yeah. But again, yeah, like in Hispanic families, I don't think that there's that like You're dead estrangement to me. in the sense that you don't even know where that person lives. Like you don't know their phone. Like I can't imagine. Again, I'm sure there are. Right, but, right, right, right. But right. to the extent that, that we're talking here with like more Anglo families right. that you don't know where your son or daughter lives. You don't know any connection. You don't have any, any connection, connection, any yeah. friend, any nothing. That Like if you wanted to contact your kid now. You, you have nowhere you to start. No, you don't know. They could live in Timbuktu, you know. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, again, like you said, I'm sure it happens, but no, I don't. I don't think. I, I think that's eso cosa americano. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Stephanie would. That's some white nonsense. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to call it white nonsense because I mean, I would think that you know people it's, that go through there's, that there's they're, reasons. They're, they're, there's a reason. You know, legitimate. It's, it's, it's a very sad thing. It's right. a very very tragic thing, right? right? Um, because what we were saying, it's it's like it's almost worse. To be estranged from a family member than if they were dead. Well, because they're still there. Right. They're there. And so it's a very yeah. painful thing, but I just think that, like, that's something, and, and I've, you know, we've talked, that's another thing we've talked about here in the podcast forever. That was one of the things I really noticed when I, you know, lived in Michigan between. <laughs> okay, who's playing the bingo? Because we've got, we've got CBS Sunday morning, Michigan. If he the, says the view, the view. The view is coming if out. If he any says the view, now. you have to take a drink. But you know what? I haven't been quoting none of. I haven't been I referencing none of the three I know. recently a lot. I know. But, that, but that's one of the biggest things I really noticed while I was gone. I was like, you know, my friends, which are very, very dear friends of mine, mm -hmm. did not have the relationship with their parents that I did. Like, one of my friends, or, or even a fraction of that, because what? you you're very close to your right. parents. So let's say they weren't to that level, but they're just like the complete up polar. Like opposite. one of my friends, their parents lived an hour away from where we were at, and they oh, wouldn't yeah. see them until like Thanksgiving the end of the term. Yeah. I'm like, uh, me, I would have least... lived at home. I would have just commuted. <laughs> yeah, like that's a, that's commuter distance, kids. <laughs> like, yeah, or at the very least, every other weekend or something. I mean, every other weekend. No, I'm the saying, moment that my class ended on Thursday. But I'm saying, vamos a decir, Mira, I, if I lived an hour away from school, and I was still, I was away, right? I was an hour, hour and a half away. Like, let's say West Palm Beach. Okay, I, I could just imagine my mom, my mom calling me during the week when I'm in West Palm. Oye, acuérdate de traerme la ropa cuando vengas el jueves para lavarla. <laughs> See, to this day, I do my laundry at my parents' house. My mother texts me every Friday. 
tú vienes a la casa este fin de semana a, hacer, a lavar la ropa. So, right. yes. Do you remember, though, like, in, in terms of my family, um, what was the first big move that my family had? You. No, it was Roger. So, my <laughs> cousin, right. so That's listeners, right. listeners, my cousin, um, you know, he's a journalist, you know, the infamous and famous Emmy <laughs> Award is, winning. Actually, his interview is another lost episode because <laughs> we, never, we never ran it. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have it somewhere? <laughs> I think I still have it somewhere, right. but we never read the it. The lost episodes. Yes. Uh, the rarities. Um, Besides. <laughs> so my my Emmy Award winning journalist, cousin Roger. Yes, Roger Borges uh, the Univision. One of his first, if not his first, like big job as a reporter was for NBC in West right. Palm Beach. And he got this job and it was at NBC. It was a, you know, it was a big it's, deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the local So city, obviously yeah. he had to... Move. move to West Palm Beach. Well, because when you're a reporter, you have to be available at a moment's notice. Right. Yeah. I mean, Roger used to come home every Friday. When I mean home, I mean Miami. And he'd yeah. be at home. Until Sunday. Or... Until Sunday. And, you know, sometimes during the week, if something came up, he'd drive yeah, down. like a birthday or something. Right. Um, and I'll never forget that when he moved, like a few days later, I, I'm at my aunt's house and she is crying unconsolable. Like, like she was unconsolable. And I'm like, pero que te pasa? And she's like, Angelito se fue. And I'm like, but he's in West Palm Beach. You can get on 95 he and is just go. Two <laughs> counties up. Like, <laughs> and and that's, you know, and, and again, in Anglo, in Anglo families, it's very normal and natural and expected for the kid at 18 to go away for school. Right, right. Whereas here, it's like, no. Right? Why? <laughs> for, with, with our family, it's like, no. Why? Why are you leaving? Si el quinto está bien. Como me dijo mi papá, you can go to three places. You can go to FIU, you can go to Miami-Dade, or you can go to UM. You pick the th- You can pick you, the You three. have options. You have options. You, you have options. And I was like, wow. Well. Él nos está mandando. <laughs> He's like the Grammys. No. <laughs> you can come, but you know, you have to apologize. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, estrangement, fault lines. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I... I it's again. It just seems like a very white thing. Yeah, we we st- we 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 stick. I don't want to say we we stick. To, what is it through mud? No, we st- through thick and thin. Yes, blood is thicker than water. Yes, all that, all yeah. That, yeah. I've never really gotten that, but whatever. Well, blood is thicker than water. Well, yeah, but I mean, I just, it's much I, more viscous. I, no, I just never say that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I'm like, I'm like, what did you understand? It's it's just biology. So, you know, our guests this week are actually an example of, you know, familial bonds sticking together. And uh, I don't know. I know blood is thicker than water. I don't know if it's thicker than rum. Um, oh, but, that's a good one. <laughs> but we have with us this week Eric and Josie, the co-founders of Rompalante, which is uh, one of the first, Im- or I don't know if it's one of the first, but it's an immigrant, uh, immigrant forward, shall we say, spirit brand. And they really embrace the Latinidad, um, not just as fellow Cuban-Americans, but they also have other you know, Hispanic, Latino uh, communities and cultures within their company. And they're just, they're blowing up and they're doing some great things. So, of course, you know, we got to talk to Cuban-Americans who decide to do a cool thing. And without further ado... Here's our interview with the co-founders of Ron Palante. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You know, sometimes here in Miami, we complain that, like, compared to New York City and other older cities, mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of traditions here and a lot of things right, that, you right. know, our parents did and our grandparents did. But there's a pretty big tradition here in Dade County that for the last 69 years has been around. We love it. It's one of our favorite things to do. And that's the, the fair. fair. Yeah. November 18th through December 5th, we've got the fair, which... We've talked about so many times on the show. We have. I mean, it's it's a tradition for us. We 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 stand the fair. Last year was really kind of painful for us not going to. The I fair. know, I know. It, I mean, it, it was Corona and all that, but but we felt it. But it's like, wait, we have a pandemic and they canceled the fair. I that, mean, I mean, come on, people. But come this on. year the fair is back. Yes, they are, and they are taking safety precautions, but they still have hand sanitizers everywhere. Yeah, so they are definitely taking. And it really hand. is. I mean, seriously speaking, it really is a great tradition. And, and yeah. it is great entertainment, whether you are grandma or you're just a, you know, a it's little the kid. It's definition of fun it, for the whole family. It really, really is. And it doesn't matter what age you're in because there really is something for everybody. And again, the whole tradition thing is very important. I grew up going on the fair. Yeah. There's pictures of me as like a two-year-old at the fair. And now I can take my son to the fair and That's you know true. have go down the same midway I went and, and all that. And, and, have- and that is definitely a, a, a Dade County tradition. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm so glad it's back, especially, you know, it's a little cooler this time yeah. of year when we get to go. So that should be fun as well. So, I mean, what are we waiting for? So remember, everybody, uh, November 18th through December 5th, the fair is back. So the fair, be there. Oh, yeah. The holidays are here. And you know what that means. Damn it. Turkey, cranberry sauce, sweet potatoes, ham. Uh, no, no, no. More like lechon, yuca, buñuelos, and tamales. Bueno. Then it's a good thing that Sedano Supermarket has all these delicious food items and more, including turrón and beverages, como la sidra. Is it even a party if you don't have sidra para un brindis? <laughs> I don't think so. No. And the best part is that you can order a fully cooked holiday meal from Sedano's, o sea, a meal con todo lo hierro. And none of the dolor de cabeza. Así mismo. So head over to sedanos.com to find the Sedano supermarket near you and their weekly specials. So visit today. After all, Sedanos has the flavors and savings you love. All right, oye, mi gente. So as we mentioned, you know, there's one thing we like to do on this show is have the occasional drink, you know, here and there. We like to have a little alcohol, a little liquor. So, of course, and, you know, we like to spotlight locals done good and people who are really just putting a good name out there for us Cuban-Americans. So today we have with us two of the co-founders of Rompalante, Eric Zurita, who is also the CEO, 
and Josie Ortega, who is also the CFO. So thank you both for joining us on Pero Let Me Tell You. Yeah, thanks for having us. Now, I, well, I, I love the fact that you all I wear many hats. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's part of just, uh, you know, being part of a startup is you really have to uh, do anything that, that is asked of you. There's a lot of things that all of us um, sort of help with uh, in the company and, and yeah. So I wanted to tell you guys full disclosure, full disclosure. Yeah. Um, when I first saw it came across your brand, I'm, I'm very, um, I, I'm very good friends with several organizers and people that are involved in Cubanos Palante. So when uh, I first <laughs> your brand, I'm like, oh my God, is Cubanos Palante doing <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, this is so awesome. But then I realized that it's, it's, you know, uh, you're a separate company, so it's more Palante. So, you know, um, that's, right. that's it's, it's great. You know, we're, we're, we're going Palante one way or another. So, um, so tell us, how, how all this started, because it's not every day that somebody just starts a rum, you know, brand or rum company. Sure, sure. I can go into that, but I do want to say that we're very familiar with the people over at Cubanos Palante. Actually, we're, we're good friends by now with Mike Rivera over there. Yeah. And they've actually, they did a giveaway one time for these bucket hats. But they're, we're big fans of each other. There's no issue with having the same name. Palante, Palante. Palante one, yeah. impulso, as they say. Want to see? I, I can tell you sort of how the, the whole thing started. Um, basically, it has to do with our family. You know, together with me today is, is Josie, as, as we established my prima tia, um, who's our CFO. Um, and then the other, there's two other family members, actually. Um, there's my younger brother who's helping us on the sales side. And then there's my dad. Um, and the whole thing really started with him. Uh, both my parents were actually chemical engineers back in Cuba. Oh, wow. And my dad specifically distilled rum for Havana Club. So after my, my dad, actually, he got a master's in chemical engineering. And his placement right after his master's was at um, the biggest Havana Club distillery on the island, which is in Santa Cruz. It's like east of uh, Havana. And yeah, so my, my dad distilled rum for, for a few years in the 80s and then he left Cuba in 94 and uh, I came with my mom in 97 and and um, I grew up hearing stories about his heyday making rum on the island and uh, that really you know sp sparked an interest in in the industry and me from a young age and so I, I worked in service and hosp hospitality uh, from the time I was 15 started as a bar back um, you know worked tiki bars in college to pay for college fine dining craft beer in New York you name it I've done it and yeah, that's sort of where the whole thing started is with my dad. Nice. So obviously, you, you come from a, a long line of uh, Romiliers. I don't know what's the proper term for that. Uh, you know, in Spanish, I would say Romeros. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm the second in line to carry on the tradition. Um, not sure what I would what, if there's a good translation in English for that. Yeah. So, at what point did you say, you know what, this is this is part of my heritage. This is who I am. But let me actually go forth and and make this rum, and let me rope in the rest of my family into this. Yeah, I mean, rum was rum was always a part of my life. Like I, it was the first uh, spirit that I drank. Um, we always had bottles of Havana Club in the house, and so my, you know, you always, I always hear of like my friends and and friends of friends' experiences with rum. 
you know, usually starting in high school or college, and they're very different from mine because I was drinking better <laughs> stuff than they were. Um, yeah, they're all so, drinking chipetring, and you were drinking, like, classy, <laughs> uh, top-shelf stuff. That's the difference, sir. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's always been part of part of my life and, and my heritage, and, and I've always, uh, it's, it's sort of been part of my identity from a, from a young age, but what's i mean what sparked the idea really was i worked for an organization in dc in my mid-20s that was uh funded by the top 12 alcohol producers in the world so like the ricardi diazio Pernod ricard brown foreman all those big companies funded us and part of my job was to do research on the alcohol industry that was sort of my day-to-day job mm-hmm. and then i was also rubbing elbows with like executives at those companies and learning about how they rolled out the products, what they did and did not want consumers to know about their products. And so that, that was really an education on like alcohol, the alcohol industry specifically, Mm -hmm. which was different from being in service and hospitality. And so when I was working there, you know, one, one Christmas I came home to, to Florida and um, Josie, Josie was spending that Christmas with us and, you know, she's, I consider Josie like the genius of the family. She, she's the brain. That's Growing a good thing. Smart. That's a good thing. Yeah. You consider her that considering she's CFO. That is yeah. a very wise choice. Yeah. So, you know, I, in addition, to that, <laughs> in addition to that job, I was also making craft cocktails at a, at a craft distillery um, in DC at that time. And, you know, I came home with this light bulb that had gone off and, and I, I sat my dad and, and Josie down and I said, I don't know how we're going to do it. I know we have no money. Um, you know, I've never raised money before, um, but we need to start our own business. And uh, I said, Dad, do you know how to make the, the liquid? Uh, Josie, you can help us run the books, help us on the business side of things. And, and I know how to run a bar now and I can help, you know, my dad with the manual labor. And that was sort of, that was almost seven years ago now. And, and that was sort of the first time I said, I need to do this with my family. Wow. So this has been seven years in the making, uh, uh, wow. as it were. Yeah. yeah. The idea has been around for that long. The- like actually, I'm making rum. So now let's make the rum. Like how do you actually, like, did you have to build a distillery? That was the original sort of plan was we were going to build, raise money to build our own brick and mortar distillery. And my dad was going to be the one to, to sort of make the stuff, right? And then Josie said, no dinero. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We really quickly realized that 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 was a very capital intensive endeavor. We were shopping for real estate. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Josie was like, where are we going to build this? Because like Doral is the only place and things are very expensive over there. So, yeah, I mean, the I, we were working on the plan for, for a while, but it wasn't until right before the pandemic that we sort of realized there were companies out there sort of outsourcing the production to big, experienced distilleries around the world already. Um, and that business model just made a whole lot more sense to us, you know, we could find a producer, a distillery that was already in existence, had the experience, had aged products. So we wouldn't have, because if we built our own distillery, we would have to wait years before we could That's start true. start selling aged rum. Yeah, so we sort of started sourcing. I started calling up producers from around the world, you know, start conversations and see who we want to partner with. We got rums from all over Latin America, from Europe, um, and we ended up partnering with somebody that that's 
actually now super strategic because um, it allows us to produce really innovative stuff. The master, the master of Romero at the distillery we ended up with, is actually a, a, a former colleague of my dad's at Havana Club. They oh, wow. worked there together uh, in Cuba. And when we told Jorge, my dad told Jorge that this is what we were doing now, and he said, "Like you have to try our rums that we make here in Chiapas," and they ended up being the best. That's awesome. So you know, now you you have a dist- uh, a distillery. Uh, you know that, that you're working with. You found a partner. Um, Josie has let you have the money to do it because she's, you know, she's the genius, as you said. What is it though about about your rum, right? Because I mean, we can we've all walked into a, a liquor store, right, and we've hmm. seen just umpteen amounts of, of of brands, and some are better, some are worse, some are essentially the same. They just swap the label. Let's be honest. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of variety out there, but you know, what is it about you guys? Obviously, you have the history with with your dad's experience and all that, but what is it about your rum that that really stands out? That is really something that is makes you pop from my perspective i mean what we're trying to do is change the face of rum um and typically what you see out there are very traditional like old fogey like you know your spiced rum you know your white rum true there's also this perception that you know you can only sip rum if it's in a piña colada or in a daiquiri you know daiquiri or con coca-cola like you know yeah exactly you know like that's it otherwise you know there's people out there that don't really get to fully enjoy like the rum experience which is what we would like to introduce people to so we want to like heighten the experience like show consumers that hey you can sip it neat you can sip it in a cocktail you can do it on the rocks you know you can do shots you know on another level, we've also done something different in terms of our flavors. Uh, you know, our current product offering is not your traditional rum. You know, you're going to see we're cu- currently offering, you know, yes, the white rum, because, you know, you kind of need a white rum for people, you know, to get to know you. That's what yeah. people think of when they think of rum sometimes. But we have a ginger basil that's, you know, incredibly Ooh. popular. Very sexy, very popular, especially among women. You know, even some people that you would not think are traditional rum you know, drinkers have now been exposed to our flavors and they're like, oh, wow, this is totally different. You know, we have a coffee flavor that's amazing. I can't wait to try that one, by the way. We have like the, like the dark horse, like the one that requires a little bit of education because it's just so different. But when people finally get it, they get it. And that's our habanero rum. So that's actually, it's not a like, initially we were trying to create a chili rum Okay. Um, but it's actually not super spicy. It has like a sweet and smoky note. Um, and it's a combination of an habanero pepper and orange peel. Oh, that sounds good. And I'm not one for spice, so. It's That's not. It's not. It's more, it would compare to like even a whiskey. Like a lot of our rums, for example, the, the ginger basil, you could kind of compare to like a gin um, in terms of the flavor palette. It's interesting so, you say that um, because it's, it, it, the thought that was going through my head when you were saying, you know, we want to change the way people consume rum to be more of like, you can sip it, you can have it on the rocks, you, know, you can have it straight. It did sound very much like you were you were trying to go after like that whiskey mentality. And then in a weird in, in, a, in a weird way, go with me down, on this, um, the way that you mentioned, you know, that the ginger flavor was being embraced really by women. I feel like that's also a little bit of how you have all the flavored vodkas. So it just seems to me like you, you guys are are seeing what's being done out there and saying, okay, how can we adapt this to rum in a way that 
isn't weird because <laughs> at the end of the day yeah. you can't have like you know you can do cotton candy flavored vodka i don't think that will work with rum i've had right. baking flavored beer and it just didn't work for me <laughs> so, we don't want to get that crazy no from from what Josie's talking about, it's true. Like we really have something that will appeal to all types of drinkers. Like mm -hmm. you're like Josie said, your gin drinker might be more into the botanical, your whiskey more into the habanero. Um, but then also from from a brand perspective, I think, you know, I mentioned earlier that that part of my job at that um, uh, organization in DC was to do alcohol research. When I was working there and and in craft distilling, I would notice that both big alcohols, legacy brands, and the craft distilleries putting out brands across the country, none of them are really catering to the Latino community in any way, um, especially not in an authentic way. Mm -hmm. And so from a brand perspective, like we're really bringing something new to the table, um, not, not just with our name, but the every product, for example, all the, pro the four products that Josie mentioned, each one has a different Latin American hero on it. And we, we ed educate the consumer a bit about the hero on the back, hmm. the back label of the bottle. Um, so from a brand perspective, we're also coming out with something really new that, that isn't really being done across spirits categories. That really came across because on, on your website, you do mention like uh, Jose Marti a couple times. And so mm -hmm. that's definitely something that you, you, you are putting at the front and center, you know, that this is not just, quote unquote, another rum. Right. That's actually what I wanted to ask next, um, because, you know, whether you're going down the route of, a, of like a, a Cuban rum, since you guys are Cuban, or just a, a Latin American rum, there's so many stereotypical images to make it familiar to consumers. But you guys have a very, very specific aesthetic and branding. So talk to us a little bit about like that thought process, as you said, to put heroes on on um, on the bottles. Yeah, I you know, it was really an evolution because as you said, we're most of us on the team are Cuban, but there's there's a couple other countries represented in, in our team. There's Mexico, there's Colombia. And what we ended up deciding is we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves as a Cuban company or a Cuban rum. Our white rum is Cuban style, but really we're a Mexican rum. We're made in Chiapas. We, we thought hard about it and we, we realized, you know what? Our, our, most of our experiences on the team is really as U.S. Latinos. So that's really the demographic that we're doing our best to represent is Latinos, whether you're born in Latin, Latin America or born here, who really have... Uh, or have been Americanized as Josie and I have, or really um, love and accept the American culture that we're a part of just as much as our Latin culture and heritage, right? So it's that 200% Latino. Exactly, exactly. You know, 100% American and 100% Latino. And so we started with Marti because that was the first product that we developed was the white rum. There's no better hero if you're going to make a Cuban-style white rum than Jose Marti, right? I mean, it was either him or Celia Cruz, let's face it. There's only... Exactly. <laughs> you know, we, we looked into... We, we talked to our lawyers and we said, you know, what can we... Who can we put on the bottom? Because we don't want any issues. And for Celia Cruz, like, we either, like, you're going to have to contact her estate, you know, and then True. they're going to want a piece of the province. So I was like, you know, I love Celia, but, like, and then, you know, once we realized that, we said, you know, this is a really good opportunity. In general, we were like, this is a really good opportunity to showcase Latin American historical figures that some even from within our community might not be aware of. 
like uh, to be honest with you, when we were coming up with with the other heroes, the only one that I was already familiar with was Sorguana for the botanical rum, but the the Bencos and Lefraru for the coffee and and Alanero, uh were ones that in in us doing research into who we could possibly put um, is is really when we we found them and we we learned more about them. And another thing we wanted to do with the heroes is so, sort of showcase the diversity within our community, right? Because you know, you, I, I hear from so many friends, whether they're white or black, they're like, oh, people look at me and they don't see a, pro, uh, a stereotypical Latino, right? Like in my own family, I have I have Afro-Guanos and I have uh, a pelirroja. You know, we wanted to showcase the, the diversity within our community as well. And and so we have, you know, Bencos, who's, who was a slave uh, in Colombia, runaway slaves established the first free village in the Americas. Um, and then Lestrado, who was a Mapuche uh hero in in the peru chile region that's fantastic i mean that you guys are, are are you know really again when most people think of of liquor they're not thinking of learning but you guys are taking that opportunity to to really just drive the point home that we're not a monolith were you gonna say something Joe? yeah yeah we also want people to connect right with the spirit of the hero so at the end of the day what makes that hero a hero so our tagline for Marti, for example, is dream like Marti, hustle like an immigrant. Because I think that we love it. All, I mean, we're all we're dreamers. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the hustle to back up that dream, then you go nowhere. Oh, my so God. I, we, I, I can't tell you how much I love that. Like that. I'm 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 sitting in how much I love it right now. Like just basking in the that beautiful phrase. Each of our heroes has a particular tagline with what we want people to feel. So we really want to like tap into that nostalgia that comes from, you know, that what that person achieved in their life and what we're hoping you as a consumer, this will inspire to you to achieve in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Something I wanted to ask you guys, it's something I've noticed, you know, and I, I don't really know much about, you know, the spirits industry is so many celebrities just slapping their name on whether it's a vodka, I don't know so much on rums, but but specifically like on vodka and tequila and all this yeah. stuff. And, and, and you know, you can make it in an argument that there's a certain amount of, if you want to call it appropriation, because I always say, like, what does Kylie Jenner know about tequila? Um, <laughs> and whereas you guys, here we are talking about, like, you know, your dad and it runs in your family and, like, putting all these heroes and you have such an authentic take on it. Like, what, do you guys have a take or an opinion on, like, all these, like, celebrity brandings that just slap their name on something? The face? <laughs> Eric's face says poema, as we say. <laughs> we we talk about this all the time on the team. And, and it's it's and I laugh because it's an ongoing conversation, partly because of what you say, uh, Darian, because there's new brands coming out with a celebrity all the time. Um, but also what, as we've been fundraising over the past year to, to raise money to start the company, we get this question from investors all the time. It's like, I, I've even had an investor say, this sounds amazing. Come back to me when you have a celebrity. And so, you know, I, I actually, my opinion, my personal opinion is that there is a way to, to, bring a celebrity on board and have them be part of your spirits company. I think the way that a lot of these brands have done it has, has not been to my uh, liking or my taste, how I would do it. I think 
you know, there's one example I can throw out is, for example, um, Aviation Gin was around for, for a long time before Ryan Reynolds ever became a part of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were, uh, they were had a, a multi-hundred million dollar valuation as a company before Ryan Reynolds came on board and liked the gin so much that he wanted to invest in it, right? So he bought a majority stake, and now he's he's still part of the brand promoting it, and, you know, it's kind of considered his, his gin. Right. I think that's that's a decent way to do it. The, the example you brought up, it's it's not Kylie. It's Kendall, by the way, I believe. Oh, the poor um, one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's, she's going to be poor much longer with, with, with A1A. But, um, but yeah, I, I, to answer one of your questions, I do think there's now that I'm bringing up Kendall, I think there is a, um, a lot of appro- appropriation that that's happening because. What, what people, a lot of people don't realize is that like agave spirits, and there's many more besides tequila and, and mezcal, there's soto and, and so many others that have existed in Mexico for hundreds and thousands of years and are very much a part of, of the country and, and its traditions. And to not sort of highlight those traditions at all in your brand and then in, in Kendall's case, you know, completely like make the brand name an area code that has nothing to do with Mexico is just kind of taking it to an even worse place. Um, but, you know, for, for us, I think we we're open to bringing on a celebrity. I think for the sake of longevity as a company, we want to be doing this for, we want this to be a company that we hand down to, to our kids and grandkids. We want, we want this to, to Palante to be around for a very long time. And there's just no way to have longevity without kind of using this as part of your strategy now. But for us, what that means is that, Ideally, what we'd want is a celebrity to see us out there. We're, we've launched officially already, so we're out there without a celebrity. See us, love our, our products, and want to invest in us. I think that's a key key part of it is they should invest their own money into our brand. And then also they need to be okay with endorsing it but not being not calling it their brand. Like, well, yeah. The, the legacy you guys are working towards is the Rompalante legacy, not the exactly. Gloria Stefan, Pitbull, you know, whomever comes along and, and right. loves the brand, right? That That's not what it is about. Like our, exactly. Our family values and that, that pillar needs to always be a part of the company, regardless of what celebrities might come and go. You guys have officially launched, so... Yeah. You can go to Rompalante. It's, it's rompalante.com, right? Correct. Where they can go and get all the rums that are there. But it's, right. a, it's such an awesome story because I think that, you know, one of the things that we always, it's one of the reasons why we did this podcast and why we started some years back is because for so long, you know, we felt like you guys felt like, okay, we're Cuban and we're Latin, but we're American too. And like, nobody really understands us. Only other people like us understand each other. And and I think that now, you know, we're in a place where there's so many like innovators, influencers, products that are out for, for, for us, for people like us, you know? Um, and it's so important for voices like yours and products like yours to be around um, that we're, you know, we are our own, you know our own set of people you know if you will um so i i think it's great i i love the story i love the yeah. what it represents the heritage it, it's a heritage it's not just rum it, there's there's a there's a heritage behind it and that that's very important when we tell our stories so you know congratulations to to all of you on that it's it's quite remarkable 
Thank appreciate you. that. Thank you appreciate so much. That. I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, I, I would add that our meetings are kind of like therapy, right? So we talk about what does it like you're Latin. What does that mean? What is the Latin experience? What does that entail? If I don't speak proper Spanish, am I still Latin? Yes, yes, you are. If I'm blonde with blue eyes, am I Latin? Yes, yes, you are. You know, if I have an American boyfriend, you know, that I bring to my family gatherings, you know, I'm. I'm Am I still Latin or, you know, if I have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so we, we really dig in deep into what, what does it mean to be Latin in, in this country, in this day and age? You know, before we, before we end our, our chat, I want to ask a question. Okay. Have you, uh, okay. Now, you may have a combined answer. You may each have a different answer. But all right. I've gone to rompalante.com. I've placed my order. It's Noche Buena. I've got a bottle. What's the drink I should make? How should I enjoy? How should I enjoy? I guess, each of you, I guess, pick one flavor, right? And, and how should we enjoy that particular one? I didn't know there'd be a quiz, did answers. you? Just, yeah, I'm like, I have so many answers, but I'm trying to pick one thing. So, Josie, if you want to start. I mean, my personal favorite is the coffee. Okay. So, I'm either going to sip coffee on the rocks. Or I'm going to have one of our featured shots on the website, which is 50% coffee, 50% ginger basil. Ooh. Yeah. Look at, look at you cheating, a finding, a, way, a, finding a workaround over here. <laughs> She's like, buy two bottles. Right. You, shots. <laughs> you are the CFO. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, for me, when you asked that question, I, I was thinking more about like the, the food and what I would mm-hmm. pair with the food and so what Josie started out with the, the coffee is the first thing that came, came to mind is like I would I would be eating uh you know flan for dessert and I would I would be drinking get out of my head like, yeah. that's exactly oh, oh my where God. my mind went when she said the coffee yeah it's it's incredible I I did that this Thanksgiving I had I had a little bit of coffee meat on the side with my flan and it was so fucking good um and Am I allowed to curse on the podcast? Sorry, I, I curse a lot. Too late now. Too late now. Fine. We, you know, here we are trying to keep a G-rated podcast. Yeah, though. It was so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, it's okay, man. It's okay. But but with with the meal, I would probably make a cocktail with a botanical. Um, I think we. It's not on the website yet. We're gonna put it on there pretty soon. But we actually just created like our own version of uh, a tonic um that has it's like super refreshing it's got we actually top it off with cucumber soda water Mm. specifically um but it's got a botanical rum uh lemon simple and um it's it's just like a super refreshing cocktail and it goes really well with you you got a mojo so those those would be my two answers I mean, you had me at Yuka and then flung. I mean, come on, guy. Like, come on. What, yeah. what's, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know what they say? Know your audience. And <laughs> clearly you did. You know your target demographic, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a good question. Good question. All right. Well. Yeah, you, you didn't say, you didn't say a rum with like an apple tart. Like, you know <laughs> It's also good. It's also good. Peach cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm sure they pair well with those two. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Eric, Josie, again, you know, we, we can't say this enough. You know, your story and, and just the fact that, that you and your, your team are doing this and really putting 
you know, your heritage first and, and doing it in a way that's, you know, meaningful and really pay, pays respect, not just to our shared, you know, as Cuban Americans, um, you know, background, but also expanding that to be about Latin America, Hispanic, Latino, you know, however you identify, right? Um, really just, it, it, it's it's so fantastic. And it's really, again, what we strive to spotlight here, you know, really making sure that everybody understands that telling our story we're just one voice. There's multiple voices out there and, and we love to spotlight as many of them as we can. And your rum, I, I can only see fantastic things because, I mean, it's in the name, guys. Palante. <laughs> and I, so I just want to say to you guys, thank you for creating this platform because, you know, we can we can create the company, but if we don't have the platforms like this uh, in which to share, you know, the, the product and our story, uh, it would be that much more difficult to, to reach the people that we're out here representing. So, so thank you guys for yeah. having us on. I don't know. Our pleasure, our pleasure. And you know, next time that you're in Miami, we'll, we got, we got to do this in person next time is basically what I'm saying. For sure. Well, Josie's dead. Like Josie's a native. She's always Josie's right there, in Westchester where we grew up. I know. And <laughs> did you guys grow up there? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Southwest high. <laughs> yep. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm in town all the time, so we'll definitely have to meet up. We'll definitely have to meet up. So that was pretty awesome. They were great. Yes, they were. Well, you, you didn't do your, your little catchphrase. What? And we're back. And <laughs> we're back. <laughs> you know, our listeners have a certain expectation yes, of, of you saying certain things. I, I, they do. We do hear about this. It's only been 185 episodes right. <laughs> and four seasons. We've trained them well. Four seasons. Yeah. Not the hotel. Not Frankie Valley Ann. Not winter, <laughs> spring, summer, and fall. No. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. fall. All you gotta do. That's Carol that's King. Carol King. Thank you. Yeah. I'm surprised that wasn't still in the top 10. Right. Tapestry? Tapestry. I'm sure it's still in Tapestry. the top 100. You know what's so interesting? Now that you know we were talking about music and billboard charts a little bit earlier. Um, so this past week was the... Um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, that's right. And actually, I think Carol King was inducted because no, no, was it Carol King? No, it wasn't. Tina Turner was. The the Go Go's were Jay Z. Okay, why was there something there of Carol King though? Somebody didn't. Maybe she no. Was somebody there? sang a Carol King's song. Okay, the point. I'm tr- the point I'm trying to make is: Have you ever been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, I haven't. I've always wanted I, to go. I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It, I mean, if you love music, yeah. it's it's amazing. I mean, when I went, one of my just oh, favorite things was when, when you walked in. They had the original neon lights of Zoo TV from U2 oh, from their cool, tour, cool, cool. and they had the hanging tremblants, the cars uh-huh. that were part of their tour of Zoo TV. Is whatever. I geeked out for a moment. Um. Anyway. I mean, I love the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but like everything else, it has its certain yeah, politics politica, yeah. and red tape and all that. Do you know who is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And I actually learned about it on CBS Sunday morning. Drink. <laughs> Freaking Pat Benatar. She's not? She is not. And they point black asked her, does it bother her? And she's like, yeah. Like, she's like, look, I don't think about it and it would be nice. Right, right, but, right, you know, right. At the end of the day, it's not going to define, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. But it's like, shit, if somebody deserves to be there, That's it's true. Pat, Pat Benatar is a badass. She is. She, I don't think she gets the respect that she deserves though, in general. You know what's funny about her is that when they talk about, like, the greatest women in rock, in, yeah. In rock, 
they they name her. They they do. she's always there, but she's always there. But she's not like on the top. And I think that she should definitely be on the top. Yeah, because she's so freaking like her songs are so. I I love Pat Benatar. She's she's a. I mean, she writes her music. She she has a great voice. She. I mean, yeah. You know, I would love to see her in concert. Like "Love Is a Battlefield" is such a good they, song. They tour every once in a while. Her and her yeah. husband. Love it and uh, the Billie Jean song. Is, oh, that is one of my oh uh, uh, invincible. We will be invincible. Fair is fair. Freaking love that song. That's that such a good song. The one of hers that I everybody likes and I'm a little whatever about is "We Belong to Nana." I mean, that's a pretty song. To me, that song is up there with Whitney Houston's "The Greatest Love of All." Like they sang those songs so much in kids' recitals right, right. that it's like I feel I have a cavity when I hear that right. song now. It, like, it has nothing to do with the song <laughs> itself. It's it's oh yeah. God, how many school recitals in like the eighties? The greatest, did love, greatest of love of all. Like I think in Cyprus we did it every year. Like <laughs> the greatest love of all. I'm like, oh, please. So yeah, Pat, Pat, justice, justice for, for Pat, Pat Benatar. Benatar. So. <laughs> Lord, what? No, it's soda time. It is soda time. So, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I am. I'm gonna go first. Dale. So, I'm actually going to give my last soda this week okay. to CNN, and I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. CNN um, suspended. Um, oh yeah, uh, Cuomo. Yes, Chris Cuomo. Chris, yes. Um, and you know the whole thing that happened. I mean, summarize it well, in so a nutshell. Chris, I do, but, but go ahead. Um, so his brother was is Governor Cuomo from New York. Yes, Governor Cuomo from New York. Do you remember the whole thing of um, their father was Mario Cuomo, right? Yeah. right? You know the whole thing. Okay. Mm. So as we know, Andrew Cuomo was a governor of New York, and he, he resigned right, amidst, amidst controversy, uh, controversy and sexual misconduct allegations, so on and so forth. Chris Cuomo had said on the air that he was not going to talk about his brother's case back when it first all mm-hmm. these allegations started coming up. Fair enough. It's his brother. It's I his mean, brother. Fair enough. And Andrew Cuomo was on his show a lot, right? And they would bicker. Well, and listen. And as we literally just had an entire conversation about family, is yes. is, is, is a exactly, thing, exactly. and they're Italian, right? So yeah. So that's fine. But but news came out recently now mm-hmm. that um, Chris Cuomo, the CNN host, yeah. was using his connections and his access as a journalist and reporter, to look into his accusers, mm, right? Okay. Like, really into them. We don't know what he did with this information, and this information was not held... Like, he didn't use it publicly, but he looked into them, right? right? And, you know, that's a huge... Is it illegal? Probably not from a legal perspective, right. but from an ethical perspective, it's a really yeah. big no-no. And you know what? This is what I think. If that would have been... A concern if that would have been on Fox News, mm-hmm. right? That like it would have been reversed. That are like a Republican governor right. and his brother. Or let's just a- say the Cuomo's have been Republican, and, right? And right. And it would have been on Fox News. We would have been screaming bloody murder, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So the same standard has to be applied across the board. Across the board. Yeah. And I think that CNN did the right thing. In you know whether CNN did it because they were under pressure, whether they did it for other reasons, who knows? But they did suspend him indefinitely. Yeah, yeah. and I think that they needed to do that because if they are going to have some type of journalistic integrity, especially yeah. since they're always being attacked by the right and conservative media, then they need to have live up to that standard. So my soda goes up to CNN for okay. you know 
for suspending Chris Cuomo? For, like, <laughs> for having journalistic integrity. That's journalistic why. integrity. Journalistic integrity. Like yes, yes, yes. So my last soda is, um, it's a posthumous last soda. Uh, this past week was the passing of Stephen Sondheim, one of possibly the greatest composers, lyricists. I felt of, really left out. Of the Broadway musical. Um, you know, you know why? Because you're not a musical person. No, because like all these people on social media were like pretty much pouring out their life like yeah. of how amazing it was and the influence i'm like i don't know anything <laughs> like i felt so like well he he wrote the lyrics for west side story do you know the only song i know of west side story america no i feel pretty no g officer krupke no. somewhere the only song of west side story i know is a boy like that and that's because it was of selena sung by selena <laughs> It's some tribute album they did. Oh, this is why. This is why we can't have nice things. That's Darian. why when she says "Very smart, Maria," I, I'm like, "Who's Maria?" Like, I'm uh, okay. Wait, how do you solve a problem like Maria? No, that's uh, no, that's Carrie that, Underwood face fell. Um, that it. Wow, that um, is a sound of music. The sound of music, gazebo in Salzburg. I've been there. Wow, that's how my <laughs> brain is working. So anyway, Sondheim, and I'm gonna I, I'm saying this to you listeners, but I'm also saying it to Darian. Sondheim was actually the composer and lyricist. Some of his best known works are Company, Follies, A Little Night Music, Sweeney Todd, Merrily We Roll Along, Sunday in the Park with George, and my personal favorite, Into the Woods, which I think is so underappreciated. Like that song at the end, Children Will Listen by sung by Bernadette Peters is just it just gives me goosebumps. Like, it's just such a beautiful song. So, Stephen Sondheim, wherever you are, I thank you for all, like ABBA, I thank you for the music. Um, and your influence will be felt for many, many, many years to come. And just, you know, thanks for, for giving us some of the greatest musicals ever. That I don't know any of them, but that's on me. <laughs> You don't know. Okay, you've heard of some of these, haven't you? At okay, the very go, least. Go again. Okay, you've heard of Sweeney Todd. Well, I thought Sweeney Todd was the movie. Yes, but it's based on the musical. Nope, I thought it was just the movie. Okay, no. Into the Woods? Nope. You never heard of Into the Woods? They did a movie a couple years ago with Meryl Streep. Is that the movie with uh, James Corden? Yes. Okay, I know it as a James Corden movie. Okay. I didn't know that was... Okay, go ahead. Uh, a Little Night Music? No. That's the one that Catherine Zeta-Jones won the Oscar for, uh, the, the Tony for a couple years back. I didn't back. know she had a Tony. Yep. Uh, Follies, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Follies, I know Le Follies from Kylie Minogue. No, not the same one. Okay. Uh, well, you know West Side Story. I mean, you know of it. I know, that one I do know of. Yes. And he also wrote the, the lyrics, which I didn't know this, uh, for Gypsy. Okay. The reason I know Gypsy is because some years ago Debbie Gibson did Gypsy, she, and I remember. Yep, she did a she did a Broadway covers album too. Yeah, okay. Where she did "Let Me Entertain You," yeah. which is not the "Let Me Entertain You" that you know. Okay, I was about to say, wait, <laughs> Debbie Gibson did a Robbie Williams song, like, which was in a musical. Which like, was in a musical. Wait, yeah, hold no. on. <laughs> no, 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 no. So yes, so it's yeah. He's his impact will be felt for years and years to come. Life well lived. Yeah, ninety one, and he was working up, up basically up till the end. I need to work on that. 
you know what? I've tried. I give up. Because you know, I like. To I've th- tried. I, I, give I think up. of myself a very well-rounded, cultured person. As we talked about, you art, know what, you know, Stephanie? If you want to give it a shot, go ahead. I've tried, but I can't. I just can't get into it. I can't get into the talking plant. I just can't. Okay, he didn't do Little Shop. I know, but <laughs> also Little Shop is great. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? We're gonna move. I on. enjoyed Phantom of the Opera. Okay. That's Andrew Lloyd Webber. So right, yes. I enjoyed Evita, also Webber, but that's sort of a bias because of Madonna. Yeah, and you know when we saw it, Ricky Martin was doing it. So what yeah. else have I seen? Avenue Q. Yes, but Avenue Q is, is a whole other debauchery. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't like Avenue Q, there's something wrong with you. Oh, I loved Get on Your Feet. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're Miami boys. We have to. <laughs> Do you know what? It's our bylaws. One of my favorite part of Avenue of uh, on your Avenue feet? Q on your feet is the part where they do the they do the bar mitzvahs. Uh, the, the, the conga. Yes, like I loved that. Like what medley or? Uh, yeah, it was kind of medley. Yeah, right. I guess I like jukebox musicals. Ugh, I'm not a fan. But you love to get on your feet. So here's the thing. I don't like jukebox musicals, but there's an asterisk. I'm okay with with jukebox musicals if it is a jukebox musical that is telling the life of the person who the songs are from. Like On Your Feet? Like On Your Feet. Like the Tina Turner musical uses her catalog. The Cher musical uses her catalog. Jersey Boys uses Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons. So in those instances, I'm like, well, if you're telling me the story of this person, like whose music are you going to use? Natalie Cole? Right. You know, to tell the story of Gloria Stefan? Like, right. no. Like, it's, that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. So, you know, in those instances, I'm like, okay. Did Gloria I, Stefan ever have a, a pink, a pink Cadillac? Cadillac? She sold Mary Kay. Um, you know, in those instances, I'm okay with the jukebox musical format. But like all these other musicals, it's just like, hey guys, we're just going to get together and sing a bunch of songs you already know. They can be fun. I'm not saying they can't be and I can't enjoy Which them. Which was the one you told me, the Tupac one, right? That you said it was terrible? That was so bad. It closed in previews. So it closed bad. in preview, so that does that happen a lot? Probably more than we than we know, because probably especially back in the day before you know we had social media and all these things. Right. So there were probably musicals that there have been in history, there have been musicals that have closed after two performances <laughs> on Broadway. Right. So and, and I feel that a Tupac like with this catalog, it could be just amazing. It was bad. But it wasn't based on his life? No, no. It was based on a generic, like, hey, we're on the wrong side of the tracks right. kind of, you know, story. Right. I'll never forget that. Um, but I saw it for a, free. <laughs> a few years back uh, when Kathy Lee was still on the Today Show. Uh-huh. She was, for months and months and months and months, was talking about this musical that she wrote. Oh, yes, about this about this woman. Um, but it lasted in Broadway, like, or off-Broadway. I like think it was off-Broadway. I think it was off-Broadway, like, yeah. Like, for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was nominated for something. Yeah, I think it was, oh, I don't remember. I remember... It, but I don't remember the name. I don't remember anything else other than the fact that, right, yeah, right. yeah. But it was off-Broadway, for sure. Oh, and by the way, speaking of Kathleen Gifford. Um, I miss her She sometimes. was this week on the Today Show oh, again on okay. the fourth hour with Hoda and now this yeah. uh, uh, Bush girl. Jenna? Uh, Jenna Bush. And, you know, I, I, I tell you all the time, she's, Kathleen Gifford is such a, like, positive energy. Like, she's so positive. And I just love the fact that, you know, she's, 
very positive. She's a Christian woman, and she just doesn't give a fuck. Like, ella dice que la disparate. That it's like, oh my gosh. Like, I can't... I think that at this point in time, they just let her get away with it. Like... She's been in the industry for so long, and she's been attacked for so many things. That it's like... It's like, what are you going to do to me? Yeah, what are you going to do to me? Are you going to cancel me? What are you going to do to me? (laughs) Have... Enjoy. Have fun, you know? Like, ella dice que la cosa. I'm like... Did she just say that? I can't wait to be her age and just fuck, say fuck it, just do whatever the fuck I want. You know, she's living her best life in she really is. Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, she's in Nashville now. That's she left the Today Show because she wanted to move to Nashville. Oh, yeah. so oh, we should go to Nashville, huh? We should go to Nashville and see if we can find <laughs> Kathy Lee. And you know what? Actually, when this week when she when she was, you know, what we should do though if we do, we should go. I don't know on some to some thrift store or whatever and find her CD and just take it with us so if we bump into her we can just be like oh my god can you sign this we could be like the people who win Kathy Lee CDs exactly. uh, the Today Show um, but she was saying how um, last year both of her kids got married mm-hmm. oh, and, wow, I, and I was like shit I feel so old because I remember when she was pregnant with Cody and Cassidy know. you know she didn't shut up about it for like five years <laughs> you know? how could you forget yeah, that she was so, pregnant with anyway. them bueno that's on that enough note, about that. that's not about so, Kathy Lee. We hope you listened, laughed, and learned. And as uh, always, remember to grab your croqueta, your your pastelito, and for this episode, your palante rum. That's right, your rum palante. Yep. Um, and thank you so much for joining us, guys. Uh, that was episode one eighty five, and the holidays are almost here. Woohoo! So we'll see you all next week. Yeah. Oh, maybe Bye. we'll see you at Croqueta Palooza. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomleplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 